RVN. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as we broadcast from the Nebraska State Fair. And I wish I was coming to you with some better news. Of course, we see a lot of negativity on the market trade today. And really, for the most part, if it wasn't for the feeder cattle in their green, it would be negative across the board on the livestock side as well. Some interesting things that are happening within the market trade. We'll dive into what all of that entails. But importantly, we've got a unique phenomenon that's happening with the weather, which we're going to talk about first. Sean Hackett joins us. He's with Hackett Financial Advisors. And earlier this week, Sean, you sent out in in one of your emails talking about some things that were being done by NASA and some things that they noticed with a volcano. And somebody's going, okay, Susan, what does a volcano NASA have to do with the markets? But it really has a lot of interesting effects right now on what we're seeing in ag. Yeah, well, normally when a very large volcano goes off, it typically, if it's really big, it typically will deposit sulfur dioxide high in the stratosphere and actually block the sun from coming in and actually cause a, a global cooling effect for a couple of years as the aerosol stay in the atmosphere. In this case, Tonga you know, was an underwater uh, volcano that at the beginning of the year went off. It, because it was underwater, it deposited water vapor instead. Uh, sulfur dioxide. And because of that, uh, water vapor is one of the most powerful greenhouse gases that we know of in terms of absorbing heat, retaining heat, and entrapping heat within. And so NASA did a, you know, did a lot of analysis of their work and came out with a paper that suggested, you know, that this was going to create, that this water vapor would stay in the stratosphere for a couple of years and cause a temporary natural global warming effect um, and some price, uh, some temperature spikes. And I'm sure we have definitely seen some of those temperature spikes this year in Europe, in the parts of the U.S., and, and certainly now in, in southern China. So I think NASA's on to something. When we look ahead to El Nino, places like India, places like Australia, um, you know, that typically are hot and dry during El Nino, we need to be looking out in those regions for the same kind of a, of a extremely hot, um, you know, dry weather pattern because of this volcano. So it's kind of nice to say, okay, we can't blame it on global warming at this point. Um, it is something, a phenomenon that happens once every, you know, couple thousand years, and it's having an effect right now. It's a big effect. And, you know, NASA obviously are far, far smarter about those kind of things than I am. And, and they came away with a, a clear conclusion that this is clearly going to cause some hot weather spikes because of the just extremely unusual nature of what took place. As I said, if Tonga had been in a bump ground volcanic eruption, it would have done the exact opposite effect. Um, but it is what it is. It was a one in 1,000 year event. It's going to impact our weather. And of course, the weather volatility that we've been experiencing prior to this, this just takes that weather volatility and, and, and you know, brings it up even another notch if we can even imagine doing that. Yeah, it's, so. kind of, it's kind of, Sean, one of those aha moments, as we know, and you know, I've had this conversation before, how extremely warm it's been in Europe, um, temperatures that they're not used to and accustomed to. So um, it kind of gives a good explanation for what's going on. Now, if we could just get a full explanation for the craziness with the rest of the market trade, as we saw another down day in the markets. But really, um, as you and I were talking before the program, the dollar is really to blame for a lot what we're seeing today. There was a lot of expectation that maybe the Federal Reserve was done. I think we might have talked about this before on one mm-hmm. of your prior shows. 
um, and um, it is now becoming clear to the market um, and some of the economic data that's been a little stronger than expected that um, and some of the speeches that they've given since the Jackson Hole speech by the Federal Reserve Chairman Powell that they are likely going to raise rates again. At least the market's expecting they're going to raise rates probably another three quarters of a basis point in their late September Fed meeting. And of course, that just brings capital flowing into the U.S. dollar. Dollar's up a full point today. And, you know, when the dollar goes into these parabolas to the upside, at least whenever it's done this in the past, it causes a significant deflationary translational effect to U.S.-based traded commodities. And we're certainly seeing that today across the board, as you said, outside of maybe feeder cattle, pretty much red everywhere that I can see. So so looking at that, obviously, um, we got Labor Day influence as well in this market trade. But is a dollar going to hold tight as we wrap up this trading week tomorrow, do you think? Well, Friday is an important day. You know, we just started the new uh, month uh, and uh, uh, starting a new quarter and so uh, and a long weekend. So the, the market's true intentions will come out tomorrow. My feeling is every news story, every publication, everyone is bullish the dollar and telling you how the reasons why anytime it's kind of like when Russia invaded uh, Ukraine, everyone was saying we're all going to starve to death. Oftentimes, that means that the trade's a little bit overheated or, or crowded, and we might see some reversion on Friday from this extreme trade we're seeing today. That, that's just my psychological, historical suspicion as long as I've been doing this. You, so. you talk about this long liquidation we're seeing across the board. It kind of sets a tone for starting out the month of September. It does set up the tone. Um, you know, sometimes the beginning of a month can be the beginning of a trend. Sometimes the beginning of the month can actually be a head fake. Um, we've seen a lot of head fakes at the beginning of months. We've seen a lot of months start out and, and actually begin a trend. Um, I still feel with much of the weather that we've been seeing and are going to continue to see and some of the disappointing production that we've already starting to come to grips with in the U.S. and elsewhere, um, I'm not sure this is the beginning of an of a, of a extended trend for September. I think it's more of a... A shock, uh, short-term shock to the system, but I think some of the supply-demand fundamental picture will come back and reassert itself once we get through this, um, you know, this whatever it is, days or you know, a few days or a week of this kind of liquidation event that we're in right now. All right, well, stick around, folks. We got a lot more coming up as we continue. It is the Fontenelle Final Bell as we broadcast from the Nebraska State Fair. Sean Hackett joins us. More is coming up. The Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network. At Fontenelle Hybrids, we'd like to visit with you about reaching your yield goals in 2023 with our high-performing corn hybrids and ExtendFlex soybeans. Fontenelle products are locally tested and selected because we know Nebraska. Stop and see us at Husker Harvest Days and remember to see your local Fontenelle dealer before mid-October for the best discounts. Fontenelle Hybrids, solutions you need, relationships you trust. Read and follow pesticide label directions, grain marketing, and other stories. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Continuing our conversation this afternoon with Sean Hackett. He's with Hackett Financial Advisors. And, and Sean, I know that earlier this week, and we've been kind of on a struggle bus when it gets um, to export information because we know that there's some technical issues going on. Having said that, how much is that weighing in on the market when we have the don't knows out there? You know, we've experienced this. We've had the government shut down for a while, and we don't get information. 
anytime you lose data, anytime you lose transparency in the market and the market is left guessing what is actually going on, it makes people want to sell. So on top of what's going on with the U.S. dollar and what that's normally doing, you also have this data void that's making people very uncomfortable kind of going, it's kind of like sailing without a compass. You, you, you're not sure exactly where you're going and that does not help. Hopefully they can get their act together and we can get back up to, um, you know, to current next week and, and, and erase that void that we're in, but that's definitely not helpful at all. Well, I saw the Daily Wire had 396,000 metric tons of beans that went to an unknown. I'm, sur- I'm assuming everybody thinks it's China. But again, it's nice to see some of those nuggets coming in on sales. It is good that they're at least putting out you know, bits and pieces of nuggets and at least we're getting some semblance of what's going on. Um, that's better than absolutely nothing. But still, obviously, the market would like to know uh, exactly the enormity of the entire picture and exactly who's doing what and why. All right, switch gears over to the livestock side as we like to every time we have you on this program. Kind of give us your thoughts as what's going on in the dairy industry. Well, you know, right now we have a situation because of some weakening uh, demand overseas from China and also some demand domestically. We're, we're kind of backing up cheese supplies right now. The latest numbers that we can see show that uh, cheese inventories in the U.S. have gotten particularly high for this time of the year, and that's putting some pressure on the nearby class three price market. I don't think that's a permanent oversupply. I think it's um, transitory. I hate to say that word, but you know, I think it's not a long-term issue, but it's definitely an issue that's pressuring the nearby market. But looking beyond that, I do believe demand will be better here in the U.S. seasonally, and I do believe that we're looking at some improved demand coming out of China in the fourth quarter against production that's going to stay particularly challenging out in Europe. So I think overall this correction is something that maybe has a little further to go, but I don't think it's, uh, it's I don't think it has much further. I think most of the negative news of price things in the dairy market right now. Well, we look at the at the cattle market, and obviously we're, we're seeing a bit of uh, positivity happening in the trade, but there's a lot of pressure, especially when we saw the drop in the cash like we did this week. Yeah, you know, we're just, we're just getting a lot of mixed signals in the economy. Some parts, you know, the housing market, one of the worst months that we've seen in, you know, decades last month, and then other parts are doing okay. We had a good, okay uh, job claims. I think the, the cattle market is very nervous. And, and we're seeing a lot of people getting nervous themselves. We're hearing about half the corporations are considering, you know, layoffs here over the, over the next three months. People are saying, you know, am I the one that's going to get the, you know, is going to lose her, his, his or her job? It's just not a good environment to get confident about the demand for a high-priced item like beef. And so that's something that's, that's going to be a headwind here, despite the, the fact that we're looking at a, probably a decline of 7%. In beef production next year it doesn't change the short-term worry over demand. Do you think both in, both in cattle and hogs we're just buying our time until the the final bell of Friday and to head into a three-day holiday weekend? I kind of feel that way. I really, do. you know, obviously the lower feed price short-term helps cattle a little bit, but I do think we're just trying to buy our time, get to the long weekend, and then and then come in next week fighting again on Tuesday. But I kind of feel most of the downside that we've seen in, in the hogs recently and cattle problem is all we're going to do for the week so well, well i know we had some packer submission problems earlier in the day for the lean hogs i'm sure that added to what we were seeing within the trade as well you know not only any time that you have processed issues you know it does have uh, a short-term uh, 
issue with uh, moving uh, cattle from where or hogs from where it needs to go to where it needs to be. And you know, those short-term issues are never, never helpful, but they don't tend to be long-term unless the issues are long-term. So. So what's your thoughts as we head to the 1st of September? We're heading into a new month. Uh, what's your one focus area you're going to be keeping an eye on after post-Labor Day? I think the most important thing right now for me is to see some kind of a reversal in the U.S. dollar. I think it, it, you know, it doesn't have to fall a lot, Susan. It just needs to show you know, that it's not going to keep going up parabolically. I think if we can back that off or at least have a sideways trade, some of these bull supply side issues that we're seeing in a lot of the ad markets, I think can come back and put some bids into the market again. But we do need to see that dollar roll over psychologically. I'm really looking for that to happen. Maybe we'll get back before we can. All right, Sean. Best way for folks to get a hold of you? Our website is Hackett, H-A-C-K-E-T-T, advisors.com. We have lots of information on there that tells people what we do and what we do to see if we can be a value. All right. Thanks so much. Sean Hackett joining us today. As we always remind folks, commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss not suitable to all investors. And that is today's Fontenelle Final Bell brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all the local dealers on the Rural Radio Network.